Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, Fox River, how's it going? Good. Hey, my name is Bill, if we haven't met, and just a little bit about me, I am still a work in progress. Listen, I'm your pastor, but I'm also your brother in Christ, but there's a ton that I'm still learning about God and about his grace, and I'm still learning what it means and what it looks like to live like this, Jesus over everything, all right? Hey, I've been a Christian for about 25 years now, and here I just want to share with you a little bit of, of here's some of the things that I used to believe before I became a Christian, and honestly, I even carried some of these things into the earliest parts of my Christianity. So I would love to hear, I mean, like, let me know if you thought some of these things at some point in your past. Maybe you still even think some of these things, all right? Um, But let me know. Join the conversation by going to crowd dot live or by scanning the QR code right there in the corner and whichever path you pick you're going to have to enter that little code right there okay but do that and then we can you know just see where we play out we'll come back to this towards the end of the message today it'll be a little bit of fun but here's some things that I used to believe all right first one God gets mad at me when I do something wrong and you know what he's going to punish me cuz God gets merely like mad and angry okay I used to think that second one I had to go to confession like sit in a room with somebody in order for God to forgive me of my wrongs or forgive me of my sins. If I didn't do that, then God wouldn't forgive me. I used to think that. Another one, I used to think it was good to talk to dead people, all right? To pray to saints or to pray to the Virgin Mary. I used to think that was okay. Hmm, here's another one. I have to do things to earn my way back into good standing with God. Here's what I used to think. When, when, like the thought behind that is when I sin, God kind of kicks me out of the family. All right? And I got to scratch and I got to claw my way back into his grace or into his family. And I better do that before I die. Because if I die and I'm kicked out of his family, oh boy, you know where I'm going. So I used to think that, Okay. That's some crazy, crazy stuff. And we're going to get a little bit into The truth is, I came up with a lot of this theology. So, so don't hear me blaming it on others. I'm not, I'm not doing that. It's not my heart, even though it might have sounded like that. Listen, I came up with a lot of that theology, a lot of that belief system on my own. But I was also taught um, some pretty non-biblical, wacky things along the way, too, which you can kind of see that filtering in there. I know some of you are like, man, I... I remember being taught some of those things. Like, me too, okay? That, that crept in there. Bottom line is this. I didn't know any better. I didn't. Until I started to read my Bible. Do you have a Bible? If you don't, you need to get your hands on one. Like, buy one today, all right? I wouldn't even be mad at you if you left right now just to go buy a Bible. Like, you just walk out of here. If you're online, like, man, I'll come back to this. I'll watch it on replay. Like, that's okay. Go buy a Bible. If you don't want to buy a physical one, just download the YouVersion app. It's free on your phone, all right? But get yourself a Bible. Get the Word of God into your hands, okay? Because when I began to read, and you'll find the same thing. Many people have, by the way. You'll find the same thing. You're going to learn some stuff. Some really valuable stuff about God and about his grace. Here's a little bit just to kind of counteract that list that we just went through. I learned that God loves me. And even though I feel like he's punishing me, 
He's doing what every good father does. He's disciplining me. Hebrews chapter 12. God disciplines those he loves. Huh. That's different than punishment, isn't it? Huh. The second thing, right? I'm, I'm going to say four of these just to, again, counter the four that we went through. Second one, Jesus died for all of my sins. I receive forgiveness by talking to him. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Huh. Okay, well, that's interesting. Here's another thing I learned. Believers should never consult the dead. Never pray to dead people. Okay, now, I want to temper this a little bit because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings accidentally. And believe me, it's accidental. When you're going through the grieving process, all right, you visit a loved one's grave, for example, all right? That's not what I'm talking about. Are you placing your faith in dead people? Are you seeking mediums or psychics? Are you doing that? Don't do that. If you are doing it, hey, by faith, right? Don't just do it because Bill talked about it, but, but because God talks about it in Deuteronomy chapter 18, all right? Don't do that anymore. That's really, really bad stuff. Don't do that. Don't put your faith in dead people. Don't put your faith in people who talk to dead people. Don't do that, even though that show with the lady with the blonde hair is pretty, pretty entertaining. Like, just don't do that, okay? Don't do it. Here's another thing I learned, by the way. Jesus has earned all that needed to be earned. And once I'm a child of his, I'm always a child of his. He doesn't kick me out of the family when I do something wrong, even if I do something really wrong. Now, as I learned these things, what I began to do, and, and you might find this helpful, is I began to put Jesus over my theology or my belief system. I needed to rewrite some things that I had learned and thought along the way. Maybe that's a good next step for you today. Jesus over my theology or my belief system. Now, I also learned one of the most important things there is to learn about Christianity from God's word is that God calls us and he also equips us to walk by faith, to actually live out this idea of Jesus over everything. It's really important. This series is like spot on when it comes to Christianity. You use this today, use it tomorrow for the rest of your life. Jesus over everything. That is the attitude we just want to hang out in and we want to live that out. Now, as we get into God's word together today, I want to, I want to put two things on your radar. Let, those, let these two things rattle around in your mind as we spend these next few minutes together. The first one is this. What is God showing me today? God's going to be showing you some things today. He's going to be showing me some things too. All right, I got to be careful not to talk about too many of them. We'll be here like an hour and a half, okay? So, so God's going to show you some things today, but it doesn't stop there. Here's the other question you should be asking yourself. Not only what is God showing me today, but, but how is the Holy Spirit leading me to respond, right? Because God gives us stuff we receive from him, and then by his grace, we're able to put it into action. So ask yourself, what am, I, what am I seeing today? What is God showing me today? And how is the Holy Spirit, God himself, leading me to respond? Before we go any further, let's approach God in prayer, and then we'll get rolling. Okay. Dear Jesus, we thank you for today. It's a gift we didn't earn today, but God, you have graciously given it to us. God, that's your character. You are full of grace, and God, we thank you for that. God, in these few minutes out of all eternity that we get to spend together today, 
God, I pray that we would hear from you. I pray that when you speak in Colossians chapter two today, directly to us, Lord, God, I pray that we would understand what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, not only that we would hear, not only that we would understand, but Lord, I pray that we might respond by your grace and by the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. God, we might respond by faith, choosing to follow you. God, that we might be a changed people leaving here today, a changed church, a changed Fox River community after having spent time with you, Lord, and also with each other. Inside of that prayer and certainly over that prayer and over everything, Lord, we pray this most of all. Lord Jesus, that you would be glorified. Amen. All right, let's turn to Colossians chapter 2, if you would, in your Bibles or your digital device of choice, Colossians chapter 2. As we get into Colossians chapter 2, here's a few things just to make sure we're all on the same page, kind of get up to speed. Colossians 2 was written to the church by a guy named Paul, written to the church in a city called Colossae. Now, Colossae, it's, it doesn't exist anymore. It's like a ghost town. Okay, there's some ruins. But, but that's in modern-day Turkey. All right? Colossae was a pagan city, so a non-Christian city, a non-Jewish city. All right? It was a pagan city within a pagan culture. There was a lot of different religions around. You didn't have to search at all. In fact, you talk to 10 different people, you might just get 10 different religions. It's kind of like the United States Today, if we're honest, there's just a lot to pick and choose from, okay? So very similar in that regard. Paul didn't start this church, and he never visited this church up to this point. All right, so, so the flavor behind these words is this. Listen, I don't know you. I know some of you, but I don't, most of you, I don't know you, but I want this for you. Like, I don't know you, but I want to help you. You. you see that love of Christ kind of coming through Paul? I don't know you, but I care about you, and I want you to know some things, and I want something for you. That's pretty cool. All right? Paul is writing to instruct, and he's writing to protect this church because danger is coming. All right? And by extension, it's not a stretch to say this, God is writing to us to instruct us and to protect us because there's some theology that can really mess us up, all right? And if you haven't encountered it yet, I know you have, but if you haven't encountered it yet, it's coming. So I want to remind us, what is God showing us today? And how is the Holy Spirit leading us to respond? Because what we're about to get into should inform us, all right? It should help us. How is a person to, 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 to live Good theology should affect how we think and how we live. It should play out in our lives. Okay, here we go. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Here we go. Paul says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. All right, I'll pause just for a second. Have you received Jesus Christ as Lord? Just raise your hand real quick. I'm not trying to like out anybody if you haven't, okay, just, okay, good. Like, like, this is directly to you. God is writing this to you. 2,000 years after the letter, after the immediate audience, God is writing this to you. If you've received Jesus as Lord. Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Verse seven, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. All right, all right. 
Well, verse six, all right, verse six is, right? So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus, Lord, continue to live your lives in him. This is the thrust of the letter. This sets the stage for the rest of chapter two, but also sets the stage for chapters three and four. Live your lives in him. That's what the rest of this Colossians letter is all about, all, all that remains. He's saying, don't just live your life. Right, you've been doing that for a while. Don't just live your life. Let's live your life in him. Live your life connected to him. Just as you received him, live your life in him. What you did in the beginning, that's what you're supposed to do thereafter. Why aren't the Packers Super Bowl champions? Hmm? Okay, a lot of answers would come over, and that could be a very fun conversation, all right? But let me break it down like this. What they did in the beginning of that 49ers game, march down the field, score a touchdown, they did not continue to do thereafter, did they? If they did, oh my goodness, it would have been lights out. Packers, Super Bowl champion, no problem at all. So what you did, if you raise your hand, you're like, I received Jesus. What you did at the beginning of your faith, how you got into God's family, how he brought you in, that's what you're supposed to do at every moment thereafter. Remember when you believed in Jesus, right? And you trusted him. Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that. Jesus, three days later, you rose from the grave. I believe that. And I'm going to trust in that. I'm not going to trust in myself. I'm going to trust in your death on the cross because I can't pay for my own sins. I'm trusting in you, right? And I can't bring myself new life. I can't raise myself from the dead one day, right? I need to trust in your resurrection, Jesus, for my life. That's why. So I, so I believe it, but then I also trust in it. It's by faith. How do we get in? It's by faith. And that's how we're supposed to live our lives, not only at that first moment, but every moment thereafter. You see, there's an opportunity before us if we're willing to take it. Maybe this shoe fits a little bit. Jesus over the way I used to, or maybe still am, live. Jesus over everything. Man, I gotta make some changes in my life. Huh. You know what? I did get in. I did get in by faith. God was so gracious when I, when I believed, when I trusted, he brought me into his family. But man, after that, if I'm honest, I haven't really been doing a whole lot of that faith thing since that moment. Huh. That's an opportunity for us. Now, living our lives in him, by faith. How do you do that? That's the obvious question. How do you do that, right? So, so God and Paul, by the way, um, they anticipate that question. So verse six just kind of hangs out there and the natural question is, well, how do I live my life in him? How do I, like, how do I do this thing by faith? Okay, I get it, but, but how do I do that? The answer is, it's a four-part answer and it's all, all four parts are in verse number seven. So what we're gonna do for the next couple minutes, we're gonna break down verse number seven and hopefully by God's grace, we're all gonna be like, okay, I know how to actually do this. This Jesus over everything, I, I think I know um, like what this looks like and how, how I could respond to the Holy Spirit. It's gonna be pretty exciting stuff if we hang in there. Here we go. Part number one is rooted in him. 
Somebody say, rooted in him. Very good. Okay, some people like rooted in him. That sounds weird, doesn't it? You should say rooted. Okay, like roof. Who says roof? I don't know. Dogs do that. Anyway, part one, rooted in him or rooted in him. Okay, how many times is a tree rooted? How many times is a tree, are those roots established? How many times? Once. Now, I know tree spade technology exists nowadays. That's a modern thing, okay? So, so this is like before that. You can transplant a tree if you're really rich to a new yard or something. I'm not talking about that. But how many times, right, does, does the roots of a tree, how many times are they established? One time. The same thing is true for a Christian. This is a one-time event. This is when you receive Jesus Christ as Savior. When you place your faith in him, when you trust him, your roots are established and you are rooted in him. God does that for you. Amen. All right. Now, if you haven't received Jesus as Savior, you're going to have an opportunity to do that in just a few minutes. So I encourage you to just think about that. Maybe that's, maybe that's your next step. Maybe that's how you can grow in your faith. Maybe that's how the Holy Spirit is leading you to respond today by receiving Jesus and having your roots established in Christ. Part two is built up in him. Somebody say built up in him. So good. See, it's good teamwork, okay? Built up in him. Listen, this is what we do. This is our part. All right, you want to break down the Greek and all that? This is on us. This is our choice. We build ourselves up. Picture a house being built, all right? What do you, in Wisconsin, okay, I know in different parts of the country, you don't have basements. I just gave you the answer, by the way. But, but in Wisconsin, what's the first thing when you're building a house? What's the first thing you do? You, you build the basement, right? So that's kind of like the root system, okay? We're switching analogies from, from uh, vegetation and agriculture to uh, uh, architecture, okay? That's what's happening right here in the scripture. You build the foundation first, the basement or the roots, but then after that, you got to build your house up. Now, if you got a three-level house, say you want to, you know, you, you're on cutting edge, only four levels, we'll just go really out there. What floor are you going to build first? First floor, you bet. Don't try to build the second floor and then raise that thing up and then squeeze the first. That would be goofy. Don't do that, okay? You first floor, second floor. You build your house up one story or floor at a time. That's how you do it. You build it up. Again, this is our part. And that's the picture being painted here by Paul. How do we do that? How do you build your, your faith? How do you build yourself up in him one floor at a time? It's through gathering and growing. It's the four G's. That's what Pastor Guy introduced to us a couple weeks ago. All right, this is how we grow in our faith. It's the, it's the dynamics. Gather, grow, give, and go, right? The four dynamics of, of growing your faith. It's gathering at church together with a community of believers, gathering online with a community of believers, the whole Fox River community. It's doing that. It's gathering together with your small group or other believers, a smaller group of, of people, right? It's growing in your faith, personal study with God, personal devotions with God. And you can do that with other people too, all right? But that's, it's that gathering together and that growing in your faith. Here's one thing you can do, just a quick idea. If you haven't read through Colossians, it's four chapters. It's really short. It won't take you that many minutes, honestly. Um, but you can even read just a chapter a day. It's, it's less than, I mean, I don't know, what, three minutes a day? You could do that. would be a great starting point if you haven't done it. Colossians, just kind of go through it. But th that's how you could begin to build up your faith in 
him and build your faith one story at a time. It could be wonderful. Listen, spending time with God and others, it takes intention, though. It's not going to happen automatically. Remember, this is our part. This is what we do. God's not going to do this part for us. He's not. We're getting to his part. It's next. But God's not going to do that for us. It takes intention. So maybe what this looks like in your life is this. Because we're all really busy. We all got things to do. All right, we got work. We got family members. We got other commitments, don't we? So, so maybe you're going to have to do this. Jesus over everything. Here's what it looks like for you. Jesus over my busyness. I don't even know if I spelled that right. Okay. <laughs> maybe I didn't. That's all right. Make sure, yeah, should, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> but Jesus over my busyness, okay? Man, it might take, it takes some intention. I'm gonna have to schedule this in or I'm gonna have to change the way my day or days look or the way my weeks look. I'm gonna have to make some changes because it's not gonna happen on its own unless I'm intentional. Now, maybe you're more on the other side of things and you're kind of like me, a little, little more on the laid back or, or I'll be mean to myself. You can, you can uh, identify with this statement if you want but I won't force you to. But maybe for you, it's less of Jesus over my business. It's more of Jesus over my laziness. Again, I don't know if I spelled that right. <laughs> it might be an I in there, okay? Well, man, that might be what it looks like for you with correct spelling. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, right, right? There's some people like, yeah, I'm going crazy, fix that bill, okay? So it's like... Man, but, it's, but it takes that intentionality, okay? It takes that intentionality. The more time I spend with Jesus, the more I can live my life in him, which is what verse six was saying, right? And by the way, when the floodwaters come, and they're coming, when the floodwaters come, you want a house of faith with enough floors, don't you? Because you want to be able to weather the storm. You want to be able to survive the high waters, don't you? And you do not want to suffer great loss, as Jesus describes in Matthew chapter 7. If you build up your faith in him, you're going to be all right. If you don't, that storm is going to wreck you. And I've been wrecked by a couple storms. I don't know if you have. Spend time with Jesus. Build up your faith. Part three is being strengthened in the faith. Somebody say, strengthened in the faith. See, that's part three. Here we go. This is God's part. This is what God does. All right. He does this at the same time, by the way, as when we are building up our own faith. All right. When we decide to do something like this, Jesus over my laziness, and we're, we're building up our faith, one, he does his part, and he strengthens us in the faith. He strengthens me and he strengthens you the same way when we're connected to Jesus. You see, when I renew my mind with the truth, here's what he does. He transforms me from the inside out. When we move and when we mature from a soupy cement type of faith, all right? Just something that's like, man, you don't want to you don't want to stand on that. You're going to sink, right? That's not, that's not a good type of faith right there. Here's what that looks like and sounds like, all right? Man, I think, I think I should probably do this. I probably should not make vulgar jokes, probably. Or I think I should tell the truth. I think I should. I don't, I don't I just don't know, though. I'm not sure, but I think so. 
Okay, that's what soupy cement type of faith feels like. But when you spend time with God in the word, right, and, you, and your roots, right, are already established in him, here's what he does. He strengthens your faith. He strengthens it, and he makes that cement really hard. And then instead of just, I think this or that, I'm standing on a firm foundation. And I say, I know God wants me to think this way. I know God wants me to speak this way. I know exactly what God is leading me to do and how I should live my life because he has strengthened my faith as I spent time with him. This is what God does, but he only does it if we're connected in him. The strengthening is what God does. And then part four is overflowing with thankfulness. Somebody say overflowing with thankfulness. thankfulness. See, that's the fourth part. Here's what we do. When our roots are established in him, when we're built up in him, when he's strengthening us in the faith, you just can't help but overflow with thankfulness. It's the natural response of the believer. All right. Listen, my gratefulness as a follower of Christ, as someone who has received Jesus as Savior, my, my, my gratitude is directly tied to the goodness and the greatness of God that I experience and enjoy in my life. I'm going to say that again. My gratefulness is tied to the goodness and greatness of God that I experience and enjoy in my life. It might sound like this if you use words. Man, I remember when I trusted Jesus for the first time and he established my roots in him. I remember that. Listen, I've made sacrifices and sometimes have been really hard, but I've made sacrifices along the way to spend time with God and to be inside of a community of believers. It hasn't always been easy, but I've sacrificed. I've I've done that. I've, I've taken steps to build up my faith. Right? And God has strengthened me. I can, I can say and I can see that this is the truth. God's very hand has strengthened me in the faith. And I just can't stop saying thank you. I just can't stop. I say, I say thank you at the goofiest things. All right, I remember one time pulled into a parking spot. It was a great parking spot. I pulled in and, and I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. And my kids are like, what? Jesus, why you, what? <laughs> and they're like, you think God gave you the parking space? And I'm like, I don't know, but here we are. So thank you, God. You know, it's just, just overflowing. It's like, okay, you know, and, and you're eating like a chocolate cake. This is really good. It's like, thank you, God. And they're like, what? God didn't bake that cake. You know, like, well, well, here I am eating the cake. Thank you, God. You know, it's just like, it's just coming out like all the time. Just so thankful, right? You're seeing things and you see other people being blessed by me. You just say, thank you. And you just, it's just overflowing with thankfulness. So listen, are you building up your faith? Is that something you can do? Are you building up your faith? Are you a stronger Christian now than you ever have been in your life? I know some of these questions are sharp, okay? How many times have you said thank you to Jesus today? When's the last time you said thank you to God when you thanked him for something? These are hard questions for some of us. It kind of puts us on the spot, right? But man, listen, I'm not calling you out. I'm not trying to like, you know, throw throw daggers at you or anything. I'm not trying to do that, but these are tough questions. Like, man, we just need to hear sometimes. The Holy Spirit's working on us, right? Listen, there's gonna be a whole lot of people, believers in heaven. And I don't know exactly how this is gonna go. Okay, so give me a little bit of grace here as I'm talking, but there's gonna be believers in heaven and they're gonna wish they could go back 
and live their lives like, God, can I get a do-over, please? I know I'm with you and it's awesome and I'm not, I'm not taking away from that, but, but I wish I could go back and live this truth out, Jesus over everything. I wish I could go back and, and, and get another shot at that. Now the thing about heaven is this, there's no going back. It's gonna be awesome. But when you're in heaven, there's no going back. But God has given us, he's given us the gift of today. He's given us the opportunity of now. We've heard from God and we are able to respond and we can make some changes in our lives. We can decide to live our lives in him. It's our choice. And when we think about that, some of us know exactly what to do. Some of us know exactly what our next step is, but if we're honest, many of us don't. Many of us are like, Man, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of see there's a problem, but I don't know what to do next. If you are in that position, I wanna encourage you to do three things. Here's the first one, be honest with yourself. Don't skirt around this truth, be honest. Okay, no one else is gonna know. It's just, you're the only person, okay? Just be honest with yourself. Okay, I need to grow in my faith. God is calling me to respond. The Holy Spirit is leading me to respond today to his truth. Just be honest about that. Second one is be wise. Don't be like me. I've done this so many times in my life where I see the truth, all right? I'm honest with myself. And then I'm just kind of like, ah, but I don't really want to. I'd rather continue to be lazy. I just, you know, or, you know what? Honestly, it's been kind of okay up to this point. I'll probably be fine going forward. So I'll just continue to, to do the things that I've been doing. Don't do that. Don't be stupid like me, all right? So, so be honest with yourself, be wise. And then the third thing is go to next. All right, here at the Waukesha campus, it's in room 102, it's happening right after service. Go over there to next. If today doesn't work or if you're at a different campus, you're online or something like that, listen, just scan that QR code and you can find all sorts of information and sign up for a next class in the future. But, but do that, be honest with yourself, be wise, and then sign up for next to grow in your faith. If you do, you will not regret it. And in fact, you're gonna be overflowing with thankfulness, not, when you've, not just when you're in next, but you're gonna be overflowing with thankfulness for all of eternity because you chose to build up your faith and he strengthened you as well. Wanna know another benefit? You're not gonna fall for some bad theology anymore. Let's take a look at that survey real quick. Let's see how we answered this. Um, oh, now that's kind of cool. Look at, look at that first one. God gets mad at me when I do something wrong and he might, I know I, we use a lot of words, he might punish me or he's gonna punish me for it. Man, that's destructive. That will absolutely destroy your faith, right? Because if we're honest, we sin quite a bit, don't we? Man, if God's just mad at me all the time, oh, that's a lot different than realizing God loves me all the time, right? Isn't it? That affects how we think. It affects how we talk. It affects how we live. It affects how we represent Christ. It affects the joy that we have in him. It affects how we treat others and how we love others because the example of love that we have is skewed and flawed. It's a big deal. You're not gonna fall for that stuff anymore. You're not gonna fall for Check out verse eight, hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than Christ. You're not gonna fall for Christless theology. 
that's a game changer. What has God shown you today? How is the Holy Spirit leading you to respond? Because it's Jesus over everything. Listen, it starts here, but that's not where it ends. Jesus over everything affects how we live our lives by faith, listen, in him. Let's bow our heads. We're gonna pray in a second, but I gotta ask this question real quick while our heads are bowed. Um, I know there's people here in our Fox River community that Jesus loves, that Jesus died for, that Jesus rose for, but, but have not yet trusted him and received him as Savior. Realize this, he is calling you now. He's inviting you to receive him now. He's like, I, I want to make you be rooted in me. I want to establish your roots. I want to encourage you very strongly, if that's you, reach out to him. Trust him. Receive Jesus as Savior today. We're going to pray here in just an, a second. And that tiny, simple, short prayer will change everything in your life for the better and for all eternity. If you'd like to receive Jesus now, just kind of lift up your hand a little bit, if you don't mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For those looking to receive Jesus, we pray this. I believe you, Lord. I believe in you, that you died, and three days later you rose from the grave. I believe that, and Lord, I'm trusting in your death for my sins. I'm trusting in your resurrection for my life. And I trust you to save me. I can't save myself, Lord. I need you to do it. I'm trusting you to do it. If you don't come through, I got nothing. I'm doomed. God, I'm trusting you. Help me, Lord, not just in this moment, but like we talked about, Lord, help me to follow you and to trust you every moment thereafter. Make me more like you from the inside out, Lord Jesus, we pray. Thank you. For those not ready yet, Lord, God, continue to pursue them. Continue to show them your love, God, that they might receive you someday, perhaps someday soon. God, for your church, for us believers, God, continue to show and give us grace upon grace, God, that we might continue to move from faith to faith glorifying you, living our lives in you, allowing your Holy Spirit to work in our lives, Lord, in a way that reflects perfectly and magnificently Jesus over everything. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.